Hey, retro lovers. Welcome to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast, where we talk all about pop culture, retro toy collecting, and nostalgia. And now, here are your hosts, Alex and Brandon. Hey, y'all. I'm Alex. And I'm Jocelyn. And this is Nostalgia Junkies. So uh, thank you for tuning into Nostalgia Junkies. This is where we're going to talk about all things retro and nostalgic from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And we can't wait to share our thoughts with you. I will say that we've been mostly focusing on the 90s because oh, yeah. that is nostalgic for us. It's like crown nostalgia for us. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, I know at least the way that I was raised, I grew up with a lot of kids that were just that little bit, like that four to five years older than I was. Mm-hmm. And they were like super 90s kids. And that is who I identified with. <laughs> So I always identify as five years older than I actually am. That's my body just falling apart before I turn 30. <laughs> uh, that makes a lot of sense. And right? yet you're still a child at heart. So oh, yeah. it all balances out. Child forever. And speaking of being a forever. child forever, um, I know we're jumping one of our topics, but there's a new movie coming out. Oh, yeah. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, is coming out, I believe, in August of this year. Yes, that's what the trailer said. Because I just watched it. <laughs> I love the way that they credit Seth Rogen as the producer. Permanent teenager? Permanent teenager. It's perfect. And I feel that is totally how I am. I am. A, I mean, I feel like even like with the way I'm dressed right now, I got the backwards cap. I got the glasses on. I got the baseball jersey. That is just Nickelodeon theme for tonight's Nickelodeon episode. You are very, um, you know, hip. In your fashion there, dear. I am hip, getting ready to break a hip. You are getting ready to break a hip. Yeah, I am. If you watch our podcast on a video platform, you might have seen that I was wearing a sling the other week. I am getting ready to go into the night for shoulder surgery because, again, my body likes to think that it's five years older than it actually is. Yeah, it's uh, it's really fun, and it shouldn't be doing that even in five years. So, you know, that's that's just an issue that we're going to take care of now. <laughs> Let's let's get back to uh, the Ninja Turtles for for a minute. Okay, I just watched this trailer because mm-hmm. you asked me to about two minutes before we started recording this, and I think it is so fun that they are really um, incorpor- teenagers. Yeah, they actually feel like teenagers. They don't feel like you know twenty two year olds or I, something like running around in a suit. Yeah, I again like I I agree with you on that. Like I love the fact that they are going to be. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles opposed to just, hey, we're going to call ourselves teens and then run around. Because other than, you know, their voices being a little higher in the original cartoons, Mm -hmm. there doesn't really seem to be any discernible factors about them being teenagers. Yeah. And in this one, they're all like taking stupid videos of like the Ninja Star. And it's basically like um, Ninja Fruit or Fruit Ninja. Fruit Ninja. Fruit Ninja. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, when Michael Andy goes, why do we pick the the melon that's shaped like that my looks head? Looks like my head. Don't worry, you'll be fine. He's totally gonna die. And then, <laughs> and then the ninja star goes across into the apartment. It was it was great. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing was really cool is April O'Neil is also a teenager. Yeah. So she gets to actually bond with them on a friend level, opposed to being this maternal figure like she was in the movies. Yeah. In the movies, she was just someone for them to turn to when they needed help, or she really she became the mom. Yeah. She was the mom. Yep. But now she can be the friend. And I'm hoping they kind of do the same thing with Casey Jones. Because that was the one thing that made it kind of awkward 
in the Michael Bay films. Mm. It was it was nice that you know they were all kind of seem similar in age, but for them to be teenagers who I mean let's be real, Raphael was like six foot six and voiced by Alan like Richardson, who's now playing. Uh, gosh, who's he playing now? You're asking the wrong person. Uh, Jack Re- is it Jack Reacher that he's playing? Oh, some big buff guy, and it's like th- th- this sounds like a full grown man, then looks like he's mini Godzilla. I love how high pitched Leonardo's voice is. Oh yeah, I love like, the the voice point. cracks. The voice cracks. Yes, it's great. And their antics. Mm-hmm. They're like chaotic teenagers, which is just the energy that that needs right now. So I, I hope they kind of do the same thing with like Casey Jones, that he's going to be a teenager. Bebop and Rocksteady, they, it doesn't really matter if they're teenagers. I feel I, like they'd be better if they were like adult. early 20s. You yes, know, like yes. they, they still feel like they got to prove something, mm-hmm. but they definitely need to be older than, than, the, than turtles. the turtles. Of course. I, I also love the fact that Jackie Chan is going to be voicing Splinter. I forgot his name for a second. <laughs> That's okay. It gave me a minute to <laughs> I was yawn. looking at you and I'm like, say his name because I can't remember it. <laughs> I and know. I know this is going to be really stupid, but this is like the part of me that grew up on Jackie Chan Adventures. I want him just to go, one more thing, which was Uncle's line in the TV show. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with now Jackie Chan taking that mentorship role as Splinter, while Jackie Chan Adventures and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have absolutely no connection. It would just warm your heart. It would, it would be a very cool 90s nostalgia nod. Mm-hmm. We're all about nostalgia nods over here. Yep. And uh, speaking of 90s nostalgia nods, Pokemon is getting ready to end after this week. There I feel are only like two more episodes. I was going to say, this feels like the longest countdown to the end of Pokemon that we've done. It's been mentioned a few times. Oh, well, because they, they did the end of Journeys where Ash was getting ready to fight Leon. And then they, he fought Leon for a few episodes. There are a few episodes after that. And then they had an 11-episode arc that they're doing. But there had to be a week off, a new episode that had no connection to any canon, and then another week off. And now we're in the 11 episodes. Oh, okay. So it's, it's been, you're right. It has been a long time. They are milking this for everything that they can. Yeah, I've noticed. But I will say... I've been hearing about it for a while. One of the greatest villain teams just broke up. No. Jesse, James, and Meow <gasps> are done. No. That actually breaks my heart more than like anything to do with Ash. I don't know why. <laughs> Prepare for trouble. And make, make it, it double. double. They've always... Protect the world from devastation. Unite all creatures within our nation. Like that... <laughs> it's just been there for so long. Oh my... And like, I remember watching... Them is when they had Ekans and coughing, and then uh-huh. they evolved, and James got his victory bell, and then they they passed off on Arbok and Weezing to let them take care of like the little ones. I was like, oh my gosh, like they actually gave him a good write-off. It wasn't just like you're dead. Like they actually like wrote the Pokemon off as like full-fledged characters. It was uh-huh. a very cool thing. And I gotta say, I was while they did a really cool finale episode for Jesse James and Meowth, I don't think it did them justice. Basically, mm. they, they brought back every single companion Pokemon, minus anyone that they've like effectively written off, mm-hmm. like Arbok and Weezing, mm-hmm. and all of the Team Rocket Pokemon ganged up on Ash and the gang. 
And it's back to being the original gang of Ash, Misty, and Brock, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. But they all ganged up, and then, you know, Ash saves the day, and this Latias comes out of nowhere and just yeets the Team Rocket into the sky. Like the mm-hmm. entire, and it just, it just picks up the entire like 20 Pokemon party with Team Rocket and just yeets them into the sky. So, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, why aren't they together anymore? This makes me sad. Well, if, if you notice, every time they get beaten, it's Jesse, James, and Meowth pointing fingers at each other. Yeah. So they kind of just did like, and it was your fault if you had just done this one thing, and if you had done this differently, if you hadn't done that, and they just pointed fingers at each other, and it seemed like, well, that's the last straw, and then they all walk off into the sunset in different directions. I don't like that. Which, I gotta admit, like it was, it was kind of a weak send-off. It was a really strong episode to show them, but the ending was it was it was weak. But uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's podcasty nostalgia junkies episode. I feel like meat and potatoes is appropriate because it's uh, the week of St. Patrick's Day. That is true. It oh. is. It is. Yeah. That is little, just an association. Let's get brain. into the corn, beef, and haggis. <laughs> but you didn't like my little uh, Irishy pun there. And your accent is worse. <laughs> I think you don't know what you're talking about, my dear. Oh, no, it keeps getting bad. Okay, I'm going to stop that. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to be going over the original Nickelodeon cartoons. The OG3. The OG3. The ones that premiered on August 11th, 1991. Okay, here we go. So, if you're these, not these premiered two years before we were born. Yes, we we were we were not even born yet. No, I wasn't trying no. to do an accent and then like <laughs> suddenly flipped into it and yo, I woke into me, darling. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, the original three Nickelodeon shows. This is how they premiered on Nickelodeon. It was Doug. Followed by Rugrats. <laughs> and the last one here was Ren and Simpy. What know. rolls downstairs and over the floor and over your neighbor's dog? L O G. Yeah, it's log, log, log. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can remember from the episode. I loved the log commercial and I. <laughs> To be honest, I kind of want to buy like a log plush now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we need we need no more plushes at this point. We I need... mean, you can always do with one more plush. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's log, log, log. <laughs> you love the log. I love log and I love powdered toast, man. <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> the dude brushes powdered toast off of his shoulders. There's a little cinnamon and sugar there. That dandruff? Nah, it's extra sweet. <laughs> so that's what gross. he does. And then I know. He, and then it's, he farts sugar dust out of the room. It's gross. I wonder: do his raunchy ones smell super sweet, or do they smell like burnt burnt toast? Or do they just look super sparkly? Well, that that's these are good questions, Justin. These are the questions that people want to know. What does Powder Toast Man's farts smell like? Let us know in the comments. Mm. What do you think they smell like? Burnt toast? Or sugar dust. <laughs> sugar dust. Sugar dust. 
back in the day, Doug was the first one to premiere on Nickelodeon. And there's a bit of like some backstory and controversy around some of these cartoons. Two of them actually have some overlap being Doug and Ren and Stimpy. Popular voice actor Billy West voiced both Ren. I think it was Stimpy. I don't remember. He voiced one of them. He ended up voicing both of them at the end of it. But he voiced Doug on Doug. And then he voiced one of the characters on Ren and Stimpy. Mm -hmm. The creator of Ren and Stimpy, who was also like the creator of Spumco Animations, which is the company that produced Ren and Stimpy, had a really hard time staying true to his deadlines that Nickelodeon gave him. <laughs> this led to the creator being fired. While like Billy West might have voiced Ren, their creator voiced Stimpy. Oh. So they never hired a voice actor. So then they're like, hey, Billy, why don't you just kind of voice the other one? So Billy West going into season three started voicing both Ren and Stimpy, hmm. which really kind of catapulted his career. I mean, he's voicing Doug. He's voicing Ren and Stimpy. He's basically voicing and headlining two prominent cartoons on Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. Like the man had it made. And this was then like, you know, it set him into Futurama and a bunch of these other cartoons where Billy West is. I mean, I love Billy West. Billy West has such an iconic voice to me. Yes. Thank you for that information. Yes. Oh, um, so when all this stuff happened with Ren and Stimpy, I forgot, I forgot the dark side of Doug. So when all this stuff was going on with Ren and Stimpy, the pricing to keep Billy West mm -hmm. kept going up. Well, Doug needed more money to finish their animation, and Nickelodeon kept saying, like, well, hold on, we'll get you the money. Season five, which Doug was originally promised, was not getting funded by Nickelodeon. So they started going to the end of their contract, and the producers of Doug started shopping the show around. Well, here comes Papa Disney. Daddy Disney. Daddy Disney. Don't. And Daddy Disney had the money. And we're talking like a multi-million dollar deal in, in the 90s to buy Doug. Because Doug, again, was one of the most prominent cartoons of its time. And Disney brought it and put it on ABC's Saturday morning cartoons. And it was their number one cartoon. It actually... It was the first cartoon for one Saturday morning. But the thing was, Billy West, too expensive. So they had to recast voice actors. But we are going to be talking about the Nickelodeon side today. And I know I just went on a big tangent, but that's what I do. That was that rabbit hole. Here we go down another. So Doug and Red and Stimpy kind of had some lackluster performances after originally finding, like, you know, fame and glory and accolades. Rugrats. Rugrats. Rugrats was the Nickelodeon golden child and continues. Yeah. I think, I think Rugrats, actually Rugrats and SpongeBob have actually, I think, been Nickelodeon's two most profitable shows. I, I could see that. I believe Rugrats, I'm going to go back into my abyss of knowledge. Rugrats is tied with King of the Hill as the number eighth longest running animated series. Holding 13 seasons. Hmm. What's funny is King of the Hill is now coming back. And I wonder if it's going to count towards the original series. Or if it's just going to have to start anew. Yeah, because, well, the new Rugrats show is the reboot. It doesn't, doesn't count towards the original seasons. Yeah, so because King it's... of the Hill. King of the Hill is continuing yeah. the storyline. I don't know. I don't know. Good, good thing good I don't question. work in television. No, you just talk about it a lot. So I do have a couple questions for you before we get into talking about the episodes. Oh, okay. Rugrats. Ran for 13 years, uh -huh. nine seasons, uh -huh. three movies within five years. Uh -huh. Can you name 
the three movies? Um, no. I know that one of them's Rugrats go to Paris. Yep. Uh, I know. No. Um, yep, that was the second one. Uh, what about Rugrats and the Wild Thornberries? That's the third one. Okay. Can you name the first movie? <laughs> no, I know. We just watched it, but I can't name it. Is it just the Rugrats movie? Rugrats, the first movie. Yeah, it's, it's just Rugrats, the movie. And I think it then got later called Rugrats, the first movie. Okay. But yeah, those are the three movies which came out within five years. So for a kid's cartoon to get, like, you know, three movies at theater release within five years is pretty crazy on top of having a full season of TV. Okay, yes. But they knew that they had a gold mine as, with this generation. We they did not have... that cow. We did not have all the crazy options for streaming, on demand... All the different possible variations of TV that kids have nowadays, or entertainment, I should say. Mm-hmm. We were very, not limited, because we had more than the generation before us. But we were still, like, our routines centered around entertainment sometimes. Oh, of course. I know that I did not watch some of these shows that we've discussed on the podcast and will mm-hmm. in the future, because it was at the wrong time for our household. Mm-hmm. They had all of our schedules <laughs> they had us hook line and sinker oh yeah so they, they knew three how movies to draw us in well three movies in five years when you've got that audience locked in for their elementary school years same schedule every day I mean, for so like, five years you can milk that if i said ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang wall bing bang ooh ee ooh ah ting tang wall bing bang and what comes to your mind the monkey song with the monkeys in the forest and if i say Monkeys want the nanners. <laughs> Do you think of Tommy trying to kill Dill? Not kill, just, you know, You're not. Right. Sacrifice his body for no. the blankie. No. Because my blankie. He wasn't trying to kill him. He was trying to get rid of his responsibilities of being the big brother. Yeah, he doesn't want responsibilities no more. So how do you get rid of the responsibilities? You give, get rid of the baby. You give the baby to the monkeys. You should have given the baby back to a bob. Okay, got one more, one more Rugrats trivia for you real quick. Rugrats also received not one but two spinoff series. Can you do you remember what the spinoff series were? Uh, Rugrats All Grown Up. Yep, that was the first one. And it was a really short-lived series. Did it have to do with Susie? Yeah. Wow, that was more than I. I remember. don't remember what it was called. I just remember it had to do with Susie. Wow, that was more than I remembered. <laughs> Rugrats preschool days. Okay. And it was about Angelica and Susie's time in preschool. Okay. They actually did a soft pilot episode in during the Rugrats, like regular TV show. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with a preschool days TV show mm-hmm. cartoon that was a completely different animation style. I think that's why it didn't get associated with Rugrats. If you change up the animation style, kids don't associate. Which amazed me because it came out after All Grown Up did. Because all, all Grown Up was the 10-year anniversary episode. Episode or series? So they did an All Grown Up episode, or all, sorry, All Growed Up yeah. episode. And then because of it, the, like, the recognition that episode got, they ended up doing an All Grown Up TV series. Well, so that should have been an indicator that the audience was growing up. Mm-hmm. And well, it, was, that, it was a 10 year anniversary. Exactly. So I'm saying going back and doing a preschool aged one, mm-hmm. like I get it if you're trying to hook the next generation. Yeah, that's what I think it was. But you can't, I don't know, there's something special about that group of, of toddlers and babies. Mm-hmm. You had every type of kid in there. 
Whereas like if it's just the preschool days and your main characters are Susie and Angelica, you just you just have those two very strong personalities. It was an ensemble cast. Yeah. But so just having those very two strong personalities, mm-hmm. you're only going to hit really those types of kids. Mm-hmm. You really so, need yeah. the, the whole group. And like you're saying, it, it started with the Rugrats. Mm-hmm. And then as we got older watching the Rugrats, it kind of became our animated version of Zoe 101. I guess you could say that, yeah. It, I mean, it was, a, it was our animated version of like that preteen drama that wasn't a live action series. Yeah. I just remember the episode of All Growed Up I think it was Dill. It was a science experiment. He made pickles because his last name was Pickle. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like a Dill thing to do. <laughs> oh, man. I just I also really enjoyed how they drew the kids as they grew up. They almost were kind of like Rocket Power-esque. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was the same animation company that did Rocket Power and did Rugrats. And okay. All Grown Up. Well, that makes sense. I don't know. That style was really appealing. I wish I wish All Grown Up got more recognition than it did. It was really fun. I maybe it's because you know it, it did more of that teen stuff. But maybe it was also because I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed the things from my childhood. Probably later into mm-hmm. my uh, adolescent years than was socially acceptable. So talking about All Grown Up or Wait, you know getting like merch hush, and hush. stuff, yeah, I wouldn't like go buy a notebook with like you know, Phil and Lil on the front co- cover, even mm-hmm. though nowadays I'd be like, I want that notebook. This oh, yeah. is a great I have notebook. no shame at work. I wear that no. Rocket Power sweat, uh, jacket to work all the time. No, not now, but, you know, 13, 14. Oh, that, that's no, what I'm saying. you don't talk about it. So the merchandising, that wasn't going to happen. Would we watch it? Yeah, we'd tune in, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't necessarily be something we'd discuss that much. Do you know what my go-to outfit was in like late middle school, early high school? Uh, no, please enlighten me. American Eagle jeans and a blank t-shirt. Yeah. I was trying to be as neutral as possible. Being a heavier set kid that was kind of awkward and super nerdy, I didn't want to draw any attention to myself. I hated sneezing in class and I hated wearing, um, you know, the warm-up mm-hmm. pants like for basketball yep. or track. I couldn't stand wearing those because I felt like I made too much noise in the hallways. Oh, yeah, I, yes. I know what you're talking about, like that, that windbreak material. I couldn't, I couldn't wear them. Uh, I had the such pants. anxiety. Starter yeah, pants. Starter That's what they pants. Are. Mm-hmm. I had such anxiety. Even like, the, I'm getting anxiety even, now even thinking jackets, about it. It's like, I remember like having a starter jacket that it was so loud. Mm-hmm. It was like, the, it was the sun chips equivalent as a jacket. Yeah. If you were not labeled as a cool show, mm-hmm. you might or a have cool been cool show watcher. Yeah, or no, I'm just saying from a marketing perspective, oh, if gosh, you were not yeah, labeled yeah. as a cool show, no matter how good your content was, and no matter how much kids liked it, mm-hmm. you weren't going anywhere, man. Nope. Shows lived and died by what was acceptable in the hallways of middle school. <laughs> Amen. We watched three episodes. Well, we watched more than three episodes. But we watched three episodes together of Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy. And because we we're talking about the August 11th of 1991, mm-hmm. we decided that we would watch the episodes that premiered on August 11th, 1991. Mm-hmm. So the first episode of Doug was Doug Bags a Nematode. And just, Jocelyn, if you had to surmise your opinions of that episode in a few sentences, what would you say? I thought... Thoroughly enjoyed that episode. 
as an adult looking back mm-hmm. on that age in my life. I thought it was also well written mm-hmm. and funny. Like it was very relevant. Of course it's funny. His last name is funny. <laughs> but I I mean like from the detail of like the parents being so different mm-hmm. and their characters just being very not type typography or typified, but pigeonholed. Yeah, not pigeonholed, but like caricature. No, they were very easily identified in what they were going to be, but they didn't necessarily just stay in that mold. Gotcha. And then the neighbors, they were funny. The dinks? Oh, the dinks were hilarious. And I did not appreciate the humor in Doug until I am an adult because the wife and the husband, like the dinks. Oh, yeah. I I thought the wife was awful as like a kid growing up. And now that I'm married, I totally get like the dry humor of like when like you're done with my jokes or I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh. That is the wife. It that, is that wife so relatable. Is such a perfect depiction of a couple that loves each other, but they're tired of each other's jokes. Tired of each other's jokes, and like they just know each other so well, mm-hmm. and how other people perceive their significant other. The wife, when she's like, "I'll explain where it is," instead of the husband bringing out the video again. Yeah, but he had to. He had, I love when he just breaks out the little TV that just expands and it's like, where did this thing come from? Careful, honey. Someone might be impressed. <laughs> After Doug premiered, Rugrats, and it was Tommy's first birthday. So cute. Okay, it was cringe, but it was cute because the animation was awful. Rough. Oh my, that, rough. that one frame where like Angelica's cheek just takes up the entire, like her, her face is in the bottom like corner of the screen. And her cheek just extends as a point out to the middle of the screen. Yeah, I don't get how that happened, but like how like especially when in that day and age, that's not computer generated graphics. That is hand drawn. Someone drew that on purpose. Someone's like, yeah, this cheek looks good. Like someone decided that, and someone looked at it and go, mm, yeah, that's what a cheekbone on a child looks like. Yeah, but cheekbones that could cut diamonds. But some of the jokes in Rugrats. You did not understand until you were an adult. The watching. male bonding. Oh I my didn't God. realize how many jokes that like that there were along those lines when we were no, kids. I know. This the I don't think that was in the pilot. That no, that wasn't in the pilot. That was in the second the Aunt episode. Marian episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But so funny, still. Like so much drama. Also, since when were Stu and Dee Dee supposed to be like, what, 30, 32? They're, we're getting to be their age. I know. I, I will say, I, in the pilot episode, I did love Stu and Drew's puppet show. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. The therapy that was going on in that. <laughs> yes, like when she's like, when Dr. Lipshit says, which, you know, I feel like Dee Dee always said it one way, but Phil and Lil's mom really tried to be like, yeah, Lipshits. Mm-hmm. And... As a kid, you didn't pick up on the fact that it was like lip shits, but no, as an adult, you definitely would. Yeah. As a kid, you're not listening to the dialogue as much. You're just like watching. Yeah. And then they're stealing the cookie or stealing the dog the food. The dog food, which I will say as a kid, we made something that we called rhino food. Listen, it, I'm pretty sure we had all seen the, the Rugrats episode and we saw like, yeah, if you eat dog food, you become a dog. So if you eat rhino food, you become a rhino. 
So we mixed mud and grass and ate mud and grass as a child. I mean, I wasn't much better. I made weird potions from this pond water across the street. I feel like you and I have had this conversation before. Yeah, I mean, if you're not pretending there's fairies in your backyard, what are you even doing? Lying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like, I I would definitely say that the Rugrats, not the strongest episode in their entire series. No. And I think it definitely had a different tone. Yeah. There was a lot of Tommy crying. If you gave me a lineup of the episodes and like said like which one of these was the pilot, I could probably definitely pick out the pilot solely just for the fact that the quality of the episode Mm -hmm. was a different tone than the rest of it. Yeah. Where I felt like Doug, Doug had a phenomenal first episode and Doug's entire show was just great. I agree. Want to get into Run and Stimpy? I feel like we need to. Yeah. Even though I don't want to. I feel like you and I feel like are on the same page with Run and Stimpy. I felt that Run and Stimpy as an adult, had some really good dirty jokes that they tried to sneak past the writers or the writers tried to sneak past executives because I don't even know how you snuck past like Dingleberry. It just baffles me. Mm -hmm. I don't think the storytelling aspect of Ren and Stimpy was that good, though. I never liked Ren and Stimpy growing up. Um, I know. Shocker. But the animation style, Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. It was rough. It's rough and it just didn't sit well with me. It made me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But Uh, that's just, that's me. Going along with that, like what what bothered me with Ren and Stimpy, it was the awkward pauses. When they were talking, it it seemed like they were animating. And I don't know if they were animating as they were doing voiceover work or what happened. But the pauses between when Ren would talk and Ren Stimpy would talk, it was too long. Mm-hmm. And it it was just weird. Like I get like when they're doing the awkward animation, like Ren's eyes are bugging out or they're trying to do something gross. But the animation was just weirdly paired to the voiceover work. And it's not even like you can say, well, Billy West had to switch back and forth and do both voices at the same time in the studio. Because in the first episode, it wasn't him doing both voices. Mm-mm. And it just it just seemed disjointed. And like I went on and watched a few other episodes And that continues where the voice work seems disjointed and the storyline almost seems second nature to the gross effect. Well, that and I feel like in the pilot, there wasn't even a storyline. It was just like he got the money Mm -hmm. after the poem and then he went away and then the other one got like super depressed and Mm -hmm. then the other one realized that he missed his friend and then he came back. Like there was no... There was no like rise and fall. It was like... Or a like, rise, and then here we are again. It, there was no like. I don't even think there was a rise. There was well, just like, I, here's I a point. Call, here's a point. Here's a point. I would just say Stimpy like going to Hollywood was the rise. All right. I wouldn't say that there was like it wasn't like a big like hero's journey, but you know Stimpy went off to Hollywood, mm-hmm. and then Stimpy came back. That was kind of it. Yeah, there was no like the the best part of the episode. To it. Was the log commercial at the beginning? I know. What the heck was that? And you know what? I gotta say, I think the best parts of the Ren and Stimpy show were the shorts. Mm. I mean, Powder Toast Man, the cereal tips, the log commercial. These were great bits. Mm-hmm. I could think of more bits from Ren and Stimpy than I could think of like actually good episodes. Yeah, I. Like I said, I'm not a big fan, but that's just what my opinion is. So if you grew up watching Ren and Simpy and you love it. Like send us some good episodes because I I, I looked and I watched a few of the good ones. Or like what was said to be good ones. I was not a fan. Like, again, I think that 
the little commercial shorts and Ren and Stippy were better than the actual cartoon. Yeah. So out of Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy, which one do you think had the best pilot episode? Doug. Hands down, Doug. I, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah. I, first, I was going to say Rugrats, mm-hmm. but then rewatching the Doug pilot, I was like, that's way stronger. Like the Doug, the Doug episode just had a strong storyline mm-hmm. and it had well like flourished characters. And one thing that I think the Doug episode did better than Rugrats, while they both introduced the entire cast of characters, like Rugrats introduced all the babies, all the parents, and the grandparents. Mm-hmm. Doug did a very similar thing, but actually gave time to like introduce Patty Mayonnaise, introduce Roger, introduce the sister Judy and Skeeter and, and all of Roger's little cronies. And I feel like it did a better job setting up a storyline. Mm-hmm. Like and you want to like, turn in next week for, okay, is, is Doug going to talk to Patty again? Mm-hmm. Is, is he going to catch be... up on her burger? Mm. Oh my gosh. Uh, is is there going to be <laughs> another like altercation with what's his face? All I could think of is daddy Disney just wanted to finish that storyline of Doug and Patty mayonnaise. That's why they gave Doug his first movie. Yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted. But yeah, I, so yeah, I think that Doug definitely had the best pilot episode out of all three. Yeah. I originally, I was going to say like looking back as an adult, looking for like adult humor that you could watch and get away with with your kids. I was going to say Ren and Stimpy, but when we watched Rugrats, Rugrats had a lot of jokes that completely went over your head as a child. Especially when Grandpa was talking. Grandpa, Aunt Miriam, and Stu and Drew. Yeah. Dee Dee was like hilarious wannabe earthy crunchy mom. Did not pick up on that when I was a kid. And she was like... Oh, you never got that? No. Oh my gosh. Maybe it's because like she always wore the pearls or something, but like never Mm -hmm. thought she was going to be earthy crunchy. And then first episode, it's like, I made this er uh, carrot cake for his birthday. Yep. (laughs) who hires a puppeteer for a child's first birthday? And I'm going to remember it. Everything about my motherhood depends on this birthday party. I'm Which like, oh I no. Thought, like, like, while we don't have kids yet, yeah. we know a bunch of people who have had kids in the last few years. And that's definitely, that's a shift that they go through. Yeah, there's a big mindset like, change. The child consumes like their identity, which rightfully, you know, kind of should. However, I feel like they place a lot of their self-worth in the way yeah. that they're viewed as a parent. And I feel like Rugrats did a great job capitalizing on that. Yeah. Like, at the same time, they never let Dee Dee, like, get too down on her, herself mm-hmm. about it. Because you notice she doesn't spiral like Drew and Stu do into psychosis manner over mm-hmm. there. She's like, well, it happened. She has, like, this five-minute pity party, and then she just, like, moves on. Yep. Five minutes and you're done. Yeah. Five minutes and you're done. So we know best pilot, best one to go and rewatch. I feel like this is an easy question, but which out of the three do you think had the best overall arching existence with Nickelodeon? So I think you could say both of the ones that I'm thinking of because they were so different. Let me guess, Doug and Rugrats. I know, I'm sorry. I just really didn't like Ren and Stimpy. I would say Doug had the best stories. Best, um, like, substantial storyline. Yeah, but if you're thinking, like, overall existence, you're I'm thinking, like, profitable medias, you know, toys, mm-hmm. stuffed animals, mm-hmm. video games, movies. It's, it's Rugrats. Rugrats. Yeah. Rugrats got video games. They got movies. They got more video games. They got more movies. 
listen, Rugrats is in Nicktoons Racing. Is Doug in Nicktoons Racing? No. But he should be. He should be. But now he's a Disney property, so he can't be used by Nickelodeon in that sense. That stinks. Which... Wait, does that mean that we could get him in like Disney Dreamlight Valley? <laughs> I'm not sure, but... <laughs> I mean, he might. I would love to see Doug make a comeback. The same way you can't redo Breakfast Club. I don't think you could redo Doug. No, there's a lot of things that I noticed in, in Doug that wouldn't translate to nowadays. Like Doug wanting to get his family burgers. Yeah. Now Doug would just pull out his phone and like DoorDash burgers the house. Yeah. Like he had to go find where are their burgers and then go down to the Honker Burger. Yeah. And the trust enough to like talk to your neighbors first day you meet them. That doesn't exist anymore. No. You hide in your house. Duh. But uh, <laughs> I think we, we've encapsulated our 90s Nickelodeon shows pretty I well. Think, I think we have. If you have any varying opinions, please share them. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the 90s, the day that this podcast is coming out in Hartford, Connecticut is 90s gone. You are so excited. I cannot wait. And I know that our friends over on 90s Noise have been like hyping up 90s Con and they live in Florida. Like they're not even here. And I'm going to 90s Con with Brandon. You're so amped up. I cannot wait. And Brandon and I have like planned to go do some fun things, which after 90s Con, we will try and move heaven and earth to get Brandon back on the podcast mm-hmm. so he can share all of his fun and joyful know-how and knowledge of 90s con but we have a few cool things that we're doing at 90s con yeah you two are going on a boys date yeah we are we have some awesome things planned at 90s con i know you jealous no because if i went it'd be even more yeah, expensive so expensive <laughs> now brandon and i were actually talking about getting you tickets for sunday oh and i mean i love you i'd love to go to a con but i also don't like crowds yeah so yeah, but you know, I think Brandon and I are going to have a really fun time. We're going to see the cast of Hocus Pocus, Saved by the Bell, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and all that. I forgot all that. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> but that, yeah, we're, we have some awesome photos, opportunities we're doing with them. Mm-hmm. And I definitely plan to get a few items signed by like Kel Mitchell and Jason Marston. I know, you're so excited about that. I cannot wait. But what do you say we move on to our last and final thing for the night? 90s trivia 90s trivia so let's try and rock it through because uh we are having some audio and video technical difficulties so this is gonna be some quick trivia tonight okay you ready yep the first question that i have for you is according to this coffee company what was the best part of waking up best part of waking up is folders in your cup actually maxwell house no it's not yeah, no, it's Folgers. Best part of waking up is having Maxwell House. No. No, it's Folgers Cup. It's Folgers. It's Folgers. Okay. Yep. So this is an appropriate question because the Oscars just happened last night and I've been bombarding you with trivia about the Oscars. Oh, God. Here is a piece of trivia from the Oscars in 1998. How many Oscars did Titanic win in 1998? Eight. Nope. Four. Nope. Five. Higher than eight. Twelve. Lower than twelve. Ten. Higher than ten. Eleven. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm good with numbers. You're so smart. Okay. So, as we all know, the last episode was about Disney animated movies. We skipped all the Pixar movies. Toy Story 
was Pixar's first feature-length computer-animated film. Yeah. What was the second one? Oh. I don't... Was it A Bug's Life? It was A Bug's Life. I'm so proud of myself. Wow. <laughs> okay. This is the double or nothing. You ready? Oh, yeah. What was the name of its main character? Oh, I don't remember that. The little ant. It's not the one that's voiced by... Uh, no, I don't remember. I'm just going to tell you I don't remember. Flick. Flick. Now I remember. That unlocked a memory. Do you know what I just noticed, though, which is actually kind of cool? The the font for double on these double or nothing cards is the same font that was used for double on double dare. Ah, that is fun. Yeah. Okay. What color is Bill Nye the Science Guy's lab coat? White. No. Blue? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't remember that. Blue. Okay. This one should be easy. I'm going to give you the easy one last. Which of these is not a character from the animated show Rugrats? Dexter, Tommy, Dill, or Spike? Dexter. You're correct. Wow, that, that felt like such a gimme after our entire conversation. <laughs> no, but it was like... It's a Nickelodeon-themed one. I have to go with it. Yeah, and here's my challenge. One for you. Oh, God. <laughs> what popular 90s teen film is based on a Jane Austen novel? Sorry, say all of those words again. Oh, gosh. What popular 90s teen film is based on a Jane Austen novel? Love Actually. No. What was it? Clueless. <laughs> This is like the movie that just keeps haunting my existence. I know. Here's a double or nothing, though. Do you know what book it was based on? Jane Eyre. No. I don't know. Hamlet. <laughs> That's Shakespeare. The cat in the hat. Okay. Emma. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> I hated reading in school. You also just have this thing against the movie Clueless. Which Listen, is why I've been... When, when she becomes the spy, I don't understand what Lindsay Lohan's whole thing is about wanting to be a spy. I don't get it. And on that note, before I throw something at my dear, wonderful co-host husband... Listen, this, this whole thing with Clues is just becoming our nostalgia junkies inside joke. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> so if you want to know why I think Lindsay Lohan is the star of a movie called Clues where she's a spy, you have to go watch our previous episodes. Yep. But I've been Alex. And... I'm still Jocelyn. Yes. And make sure that you go and you find us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of it. And enter like. the giveaway. Oh, yeah. And enter the giveaway. The giveaway is still going up until March 28th. It is posted and pinned to the top of our Instagrams, Nostalgia Junkies Podcast. And make sure you like, follow, subscribe, share, review, all Comment. the things. You know what to do. And we will catch you later. Peace. Bye. That's all, folks. Thank you for listening to the Nostalgia Junkies podcast. Follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till the next episode.